0: Welcome to Neighbor Up Spotlight. I'm Carol Malone, your host. Thank you for joining me today. Neighbor Up Spotlight showcases citizens making positive contributions to their neighborhoods. My guests today are Ms. Cynthia Connolly, member of the Little Traverse Bay Bands of Odawa Indians, and Ms. Marlis Rambo, a member of the Cheyenne River Sioux. Thank you ladies for being here today. Thank you for having us, Carol. Well, I'm glad that you're here. We did a lot of emailing back and forth, yeah. didn't we? Yes, glad. we did. <laughs> glad to be here. <laughs> and now we're finally here. Okay. I would like to share with our audience information about my guest today. Ms. Connolly joined the Cleveland Native American community 10 years ago and is actively involved with the construction of the Native American Cultural Gardens on MLK Boulevard. I know that's going to be fabulous when it's finished. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. we're very excited. Yes, I'm, very. I'm excited too. <laughs> she holds a Master's of Public Administration from Cleveland State University and a Bachelor of Arts from the University of Michigan. Ms. Rambo is the treasurer for the Lake Erie Native American Council and a respected community member who has, who has been leading the culture classes and sharing her traditional knowledge with the young people in the community. Well, <clears throat> first, what brought you all together, and when were you established?
1: Uh, well, LENAC itself um, is a group that was founded in the early 90s, um, officially, uh, is better around informally prior to that, of course, uh, mostly by elders in our community who saw there was a need for uh, cultural classes, um, youth programming, elder programming. Okay. And so they came together and uh, formed LENAC, and uh, here we are today. Uh, Doing our cultural programming, very similar mission um, as it was back then.
2: Yes, because I've been involved with the Native American community since probably 1975, and I was originally on... um, working with the Cleveland American Indian Center, which was established in 1969, I okay. believe. Okay. And um, LENAC is kind of picked up to where we have lof- left off. Okay. The center closed down in the early 90s, and LENAC has been instrumental in bringing back some of the programming that we've been desperately in need of trying to keep our youth in, the, yeah. in, in their culture and things like that.
0: Because right, that's really very important. It is yeah. very important. important.
2: We
1: actually did a survey back in November 2015 um, just to see what the needs of the community were. Um, so I, I came in as primarily a volunteer. I do uh, resource development as a career and. um also have two daughters, and so I'm trying to figure out how we can get our youth more engaged, and I offer my services the best way I can. And so I uh, went ahead and designed the survey to see what the needs were, and um, we had found out that of the respondents, 47.5% had children under the age of 11 in this community, and another 65% stated that um, community events, cultural activities, and youth programming to be their top three priorities. Yeah. Uh, so we, with that goal in mind, we um, applied to Neighborhood Connections. Uh, we actually uh, kind of did a beta mode of it first, of right. uh, powwow dancing classes okay. and regalia making, just to see what, what the desire was, who was interested, how many people would we serve. And um, from that, this project was born. Wow. And so we applied to Neighborhood Connections, and we're very gracious and grateful for their support. And we also have funding from Cuyahoga Arts and Culture as well. That's
0: wonderful. Well, we're happy that that you're part of Neighborhood Connections.
2: Yes, it's, it's just brilliant been great to be able to start these programs up again and educate these young children. We have a whole generation of children that grew up with, as far as I'm concerned, it's kind of like what I consider a cultural deficit. Mm -hmm. They just have not been exposed to, aside what they've been exposed to at home. And I just don't want to see this next generation of children growing up going, but my grandma was Indian. Right. But I don't know what kind, or I right. don't know. And that's my, been my biggest fear, and that's what drives me to do this. Yeah, I,
0: I, well, I can certainly relate being a black woman. You know, you're wanting your children to know their culture mm-hmm. because you have to sort of, not sort of, you have to push back against those images that are out there yes. that are totally contrary to, to who you are as a people. Yeah, and yes.
1: cultural, I mean, it's not just the art of making regalia or learning to dance, but exactly. it's the process of it. Too right. the sharing of not only the knowledge of how Passing to do the it it, art form. The, not it's not it's definitely that, but it's yeah. also you know stories are told. Right. Um, traditional stories. Uh, it it gets you know everyone together and is kind of the glue of the community. And without that, you know, there's a big disconnect um, between especially our youth. And yes. so we're trying to bring that back, bring the community back together, uh, bring some of those traditional stories back together, and even learn about different tribes. Right. I mean, uh, Marlis and I are completely different tribes. Uh, my husband's Anadaga. And we couldn't be more opposite in
0: our culture and traditions. And, so, and that and that is, is so important because you know people need to know the history of the native people mm-hmm. of this of this continent and and the and the variety of uh, cultural groups within the community. I think yeah. that's very important.
1: Yeah, we learn a lot from
2: each other as well. Yes. so and that's cons- very important. And considering all the native indigenous people that were in this area are gone and we're all just transplanted here.
0: Could you uh, could you kind of expand on that a little bit and naming some of the native people that were in uh, this area? In this particular area
2: there were Erie, um, Adina, Shawnee, Shawnee, Miami,
1: the Ottawa came down here a little bit too. Yeah, we people. did have
2: Iroquois in this area. Right. One so for people time. to know that
0: these are not yeah, just historical. names of cities yeah. and counties. These, yeah. are exactly, yeah. these are exactly these are they're people.
2: Yes, they were peoples, and they were pushed out by settlers and other you know reasons. And so all of us are here. We're just transplanted here, whether our parents came via re- relocation or we came yeah. for jobs or yeah. education or something like that. So it's the
1: relocation a, era was pretty. Pivotal in um, what time
0: period would that have been? The uh,
1: relocation was from the mid 1950s to the, the 1970s. This. Yeah, yeah, and it was um, it was a volunteer program. It wasn't like they were you know pushing them into the cities forcefully, um, but it came with the appeal of jobs. Um, uh, underneath those layers, it was a a way for the federal government to lessen their uh, trust responsibility with tribal nations by what they call assimilation. So underneath that layer of, you know, the promise of jobs and, mm-hmm. um, you know, the big city was the, uh, the federal government trying to assimilate uh, Native people into mainstream culture. Okay. Um, and so by doing so, uh, they would lose touch with people back home. And they chose Cleveland specifically because there are no federally recognized tribes in the state. Interesting. There are no tribes and they did not want them going back to the reservation. Okay. Um, so they made it hard to return and Cleveland was a perfect city for that for that mission. Um, and so because of that, uh, I think there was eight other cities. Yes, there was eight uh, cities in total. That,
2: Chicago, yeah, New York. New
1: York. Uh, Detroit. San Francisco. Um,
2: Los Minneapolis. Angeles. Minneapolis. Yes,
0: there was. So
1: there there was, there was like eight target cities that the federal government would essentially bus Native American people wow. from the reservation to the city. And Cleveland was one of them. This
0: is an incredible piece of history. Um,
1: yeah. And so today, uh, <clears throat> Cuyahoga County actually has the highest percent of Native Americans in the state. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I think 58% of them reside within the city of Cleveland, and most of them are on the west or near west side.
0: That's, uh, that's amazing. So we
1: don't have, like, a Asia town or a little Italy, yeah. but um, there are
0: quite a number of us here. Because I, have- I always I always knew, it's so funny that you're saying, I always knew that there was a, na- a Native American community here, but I just didn't know where. But I always knew yeah. it was the west side, though. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. and it generally was lower west yeah. side. Yeah, I always knew mm-hmm. it was the west side. And also the east side up <clears throat> St. Clair area, uh-huh. East 72nd, East 71st, there used to be quite a, um, a little community in okay. that particular yeah. area, too. So yeah. we did have some families, but the gener- generally lower west side. There yeah. was a point where there was a whole lot of natives over on Franklin yep. and West 58th in that area, mm-hmm. and everybody's kind of moved out into the suburbs and the a mm-hmm. little bit further west. Yeah. But there's still families down there, just yeah. not as connected as they used to be. And that's what you're
0: trying to do, bring exactly. Your back, back together. Exactly. Right. That's a good thing. Now, what are some of your current uh, and upcoming events? Um, go ahead. We have
2: um, their end of program, and that is going to be a mini powwow or a mini wachipi. And that is going to be held on May twentieth. Okay. And I wish I could remember. Is it open
0: to the public? It is open to the public. And I'd love to come. Yeah.
2: (laughs) The church on Bel Air Avenue, which changes its name and I cannot Puritus Lutheran? It's not Puritus Lutheran. (laughs) Another group bought the church. Christ something, Christ
1: Lutheran. We'll we'll send the information over to you, and we can put it on neighborhood connections site. Yes, yes, Yes. Yes. that
2: would be awesome because it's really going to be. um, We're really hoping to have a good turnout, and what it is is we're going to present to the community what we've been doing. So the children are going to be coming out and dancing and performing and showing off their regalia, and there'll be arts and crafts, and you know just a nice community day. Let we me ask. Food. Remember,
0: remember, years ago, is this the same powwow that they would do one every every year down on the lakefront, no. down in Lake Mendoces? No. No. No, different, different, different organization, organization. Okay. yeah. Because yeah, I remember hearing about that every year, and, say, yeah. and something came up, I couldn't make. I said, God, I wanted to make that. So yes. this one is more so um, it's program specific.
1: So it's it's for neighbor connections and CAC because of that funding, we were able to host this powwow. Awesome, um, and <laughs> it's also kind of a coming out for the kids, like Marla said. We want to showcase our youth and also get them excited excited to um to participate and um you know, again, being in Ohio, it's difficult to, for a lot of our families uh, to get to places where there are actually powwows. Ann Arbor is having one soon. East Lansing, there's some up in Western New York. Uh, it's very difficult for them uh, to to travel those distances to get to to dance. So we want them to at least, you know, be able to showcase their their dance skills and their, you know, the regalia at least once. Yeah. So um, that's very Yes, yeah, so we call it the the mini powwow because it's not a full one. It's the yeah, mini it's one for our, one our, day, our mini people. <laughs> and the
2: thing is, too, is um, what the ultimate goal is, is to turn these these, these children into a dance group, a okay. dance troupe, an educational program. Mm-hmm. So this is what we used to do at the Indian Center long ago was we would go out and we would perform at festivals. And for church groups, scout groups, we performed— Schools. Um, schools, uh, we even did naturalization ceremonies okay. that they had in the in the cultural gardens mm-hmm. at one time. Mm-hmm. So that's the ultimate goal is to go out and educate. And I believe that the best way to educate instead of sitting there and lecturing to somebody right. is to be a hands on project, right. especially when there are kids involved.
0: Yeah, because kids when, love to get involved. Yes, and, and, like and when
2: we, that's our our goal is. Target audience is kind of the elementary school because they gloss over the Native American oh, chapter sure. <laughs> horribly, even more so now yeah. than they used to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's been a you know big goal of mine is to get that back out there. They performed. Some of them performed um, in November or December. We performed with the Metro Parks. I'm working on establishing connections with the Metro oh, Parks people and
0: yeah. things like that again. Wonderful. That's wonderful. Well. What would you like for our, our audience to know about the Native American community in Cleveland and Northeast Ohio uh, that they don't already, already know?
1: Well, I guess the first thing we kind of already talked about, um, kind of the the context of why and how our community came to be. And that was because of the relocation era. Um you know, I think uh, the other thing I'd like to say is that um, we're, again, we touched on this briefly, we're very different um, people, even though we're all Native American, That's kind of a blanket term. Uh, Indian country is actually 566 yeah. yes. separate sovereign nations. Um, so again, we all have very different ways of doing things. So I think that's also an additional challenge that we have doing this project. And I'm, glad you, I'm project. glad you said that
0: too. I'm glad yeah. you gave that piece of information. Yeah, it's, it's very important to know that.
1: It, doing these projects too is, is easy and simple as it sounds. Oh, we're just going to teach them how to dance. But there are a lot of different variations of dance. There's a lot of different variations of these re- of regalia. Um, so I think that's the main thing I want to hit home is that um, even though we're all Native um, and a community, we have to respect and understand that we're all still like, you know, sovereign, separate people. Right. So um, I think that's the one thing I would like to to hammer home.
0: And how about you?
2: I'm just, you know, it's like I said, we're trying to rebuild our community and it's, the youth like i said i i don't want to see our youth lost we've lost so many already to the streets to drugs to teenage pregnancy to all these other things and i just it just makes me heartsick and i just really want to make yes. sure that this next generation coming up can be proud of themselves and proud of their heritage we also all have a lot of kids who are embarrassed Mm. to say that they're Native. Yes. I mean, my daughter was eight years old, she went to Catholic school, and we had gone and done a performance in Indiana, and she was on the front page of the paper. Mm -hmm. And so we, of course, bought copies of the paper at the hotel. And people, it was funny. People saw her in the lobby. They were getting her autograph and her little scribbly autograph and and everything. And then, um, so she took the paper to school and she she came home and she said, Mom, I told them. I'm like, What did you tell them, babe? She says, I came out. I said, What did you come out of? She says, I told them I'm Indian. All right. I I told them I'm native. All right. They didn't know all this time. She said, nope, I never told them. And she kind of got away with it because she's not dark. So, But it's things like that. I mean, this kid was 8 years old and terrified to tell her White schoolmates that she was native, yeah, and so it was really that really hit home with me. I'm like good grief. We I've brought this child up to be proud of her heritage of and everything,
0: is. and but you still have those coded messages in society, you know, that make people feel ashamed of their culture, mm-hmm. and their language, and who they are and where their people come from, and so it's very important that uh, people are proud of who they are. Yes, I
1: think another thing is that you know. We kind of are the invisible minority. Yeah, um, I often get mistaken for Puerto really Rican. Problem, and I really have a problem
0: with that word <laughs> minority. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, because it's, you know, there's, there's nowhere called minority land. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. True.
1: Um, so, like, I often get mistaken for Puerto Rican, especially living on the near west side, yeah. um, or uh, part Korean or something like that. So it's always... I always have to prompt people and tell them that, you know, I am Native American. And I say it to almost everyone I meet, not to be annoying, but I think it's important that people understand, <laughs> understand right. that, you know, there are We're a lot more here. of us here right. than you think. Yeah. Um, and uh, and actually, uh, when I ran the numbers, this is back using the, the 2000 census, so I don't know what the numbers are uh, for the more recent census, but um, percentage-wise, per capita, Cleveland has the same number of Native Americans as um, as Detroit. Which huh. is shocking to me because Michigan has a lot of tribes. Uh, so yes. if you think of an urban center that would attract um, Native people, uh, the fact that Cleveland has just as many um, percentage-wise as Detroit, that to me speaks volumes that you know yes. we have a sizable community a large here. large community. Um, and again, bringing us back together um, in, in, in new blood too, like new people into yes. the community. I came here 10 years ago. My husband came here uh, like 13 years ago. Um, and. Cleveland Clinic is attracting a lot of professionals, um, uh, native doctors, uh, NASA. Um, a lot of these um, businesses are bringing more in and uh, kind of reconnecting with these people or drawing them in in the first place. Right. Right. Um, I ran. I run into people every now and then. Like they'll have like. An earring, or like a necklace on, or something. Not, and I'm like a little bashful about it. I'd be like, "Are you? What's your nation?" And <laughs> right, then, right. then they look at me shocked, and right. and then so, it's like right. I found my long lost cousin or something. Right, and right. Uh, so made I that always connection yes. right. Like one of my Uber drivers was was from Salamanca or something. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so you know, I passed her my card and I said, "Hey, we you know we have this program going on uh, through Neighbor Connections and CAC. You know, you should come. We're having a mini powwow and." And it's just being able to make those connections, and having this project really makes it a lot easier to draw new people in. Absolutely, because um, again, there's so many new people moving in. The population yes. of Cleveland's been declining, but um, I, honestly, I've been seeing a lot more natives uh, moving into this area than yeah, than a lot before. of fresh
2: blood, yeah. and new faces that I'm not familiar with. And like I said, I've been around forever, and <laughs> so I'm always on. It's always on the lookout, you know. Yeah. And like she said, you couldn't We we know each other. Yeah, we know each other. It's like. There's one of us. (laughs) But that's the thing is, like she said, yeah, the the medical field, we have one, two, three doctors, Mm -hmm. three Native doctors. This is unheard of. I mean, in the city of, you know, in our city, three Native doctors. We actually have
1: separate organizations, too, that kind of cater to different parts of our community. Like LEANAC, we do a lot of the youth programming, Mm -hmm. a lot of the, um, uh, you know, kind of events and, and services, where we also have ACES, the American Indian Science and Engineering Society. Ah. It's actually a local chapter. It's a national organization, but we have a local chapter, a professional chapter of, uh, well, professionals, Right. and uh, so they do a lot of the education stuff. Uh, they, yes. The main mission is STEM, of course, you know, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, but they do do tutoring, um, college prep uh, stuff, uh, GED, SAT prep.
0: Well, and I just, and I know we weren't going to go too deep into it, but I do want to give you- an opportunity to mention that scholarship for any Native American students who may oh, be listening to yeah. this, and Native so, people listening who don't know about this scholarship.
1: Yeah, so there are. I
0: loved reading about
1: it. Yeah, a lot of scholarships out there for Native students. A good place to start is American Indian Education. Um, no, it's the American Indian Graduate New Center. New Center and the American Indian College Fund. Yes, those websites are the. Um, the two that have kind of like a long laundry list of scholarships. If you're into uh, the STEM fields, check out the American Indian Science and Engineering Society, their website. There are so many scholarships, internships, fellowships for undergrad and grad school that you can check out uh, through ACES um, and those two other organizations. And then also um, due to a, a settlement, um, uh, went to the Supreme Court, the, yes, the, the, the Cobel the, the, the the case. It is such
0: case. a great story. Uh, Eloise <laughs> Cobell
1: is pretty much one of the... Most most trailblazing women of um, modern Indian times, and she, you know, she's amazing, and basically was able to take improve over. Decades that um, the Bureau of Indian Affairs had mismanaged billions, trillions of dollars in Indian land
0: assets. Yeah, if I can just, because I think it's important to have this kind of information and knowledge out there. That she was uh, a, a tribal elder, she was a banker, a rancher, an activist, and she put together this lawsuit and uh, yeah. was awarded what was that? Three point four billion dollars. Yeah. yeah, it's an amazing story.
1: So the 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 best thing about that story is that she didn't actively seek out. This case, it it fell into her lap almost, yeah. and she took up the reins and did what needed to be done. And I see that a lot with you know was our clearly, and, our and relentless elders and having a yeah. good outcome in our Native yeah. women. I'm um, Standing Rock. The the. Um, the that the no DAPL, um, efforts that was started by women. I mean, yeah. a lot of time you see, um, our native women really just taking up the reins and, and getting done what needs to be done. Yeah. Um, so that That's deadline for the story. St- yeah. The, so <laughs> yes. because of that, that, um, that settlement, uh, a certain amount of the, the funds were distributed to the, um, the tribes that were affected, mm-hmm. um, which are mostly West of the Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And then, um, uh, the remainder of it, in a good chunk, went to the American Indian College Fund.
0: Yeah, I, I believe $60 million.
1: Yeah, and so read. those are now being distributed to anyone who's uh, tribally enrolled. And it's a competitive scholarship project process. Not everyone gets it if you apply. Um, and uh, that deadline is March 31st uh, for undergrad and graduate uh, scholarships. And I believe there's a fellowship and internship program as well. And I think that deadline's a little bit later in April.
0: Okay, well, I think that's an important information. Yes, it is because a lot of
2: people think, oh, natives—they go to school for free. We don't. (laughs) We don't pay taxes, and yeah, I left undergrad with a
1: hefty amount of debt. (laughs) Yes, that's been my thing. I was
2: like, I need to go back to college, but I'm too old to be in debt. Uh, Uh,
1: No, that's
2: right. I "I need scholarships.
1: If if, if anyone's interested in that kind of information, definitely contact uh, the American Indian Science and Engineering Society. Um, There's a local chapter here in Cleveland. Um, Um, And you can contact uh, myself at C as in cat, C as in cat, B as in boy, I-R-O at gmail.com. And I'll put you in touch with the right person. If you're interested in any type of tutoring, test prep, uh, scholarship, existence college app Assistants, That's who you want to go to. Lenac, they do all the youth programming, elder programming, events. We have uh, an Easter egg hunt coming up okay. actually for Lenac. Uh, yes. It's one of our more well attended
0: events. It's yeah, really fun for the kids. definitely and definitely put these things. Put put your activities and events mm-hmm. on a neighborhood connections website. Yeah, yes. please definitely put it on and put it on our Facebook page. Okay. Yeah, we have a Facebook page, but make sure that I you post. Got you've got pictures that uh-huh. you take them what have you. Yes, posted we, on our Facebook. We have page. pictures. Okay. Sometimes yeah. they
2: get posted. Sometimes <laughs> they get lost. <laughs> okay. on my phone
0: okay
2: Because my phone is real bad.
1: (laughs) uh, I think the other two ones that we have going on is um, uh, we have the Committee of Five Hundred Years of Dignity and Resistance, and they're kind of the arm of our community that does a lot of the um, community organizing and activism. Mm -hmm. So think like the mascot protests um, and and stuff like that. Yeah, I just
0: saw today on uh, television that the Cleveland Indians got the message somewhat where they removed Chief Wahoo's face from all their banners now. Yes. Oh
1: yeah. Well, that's there was all kinds of
2: Controversy about it yesterday on Cleveland.com, and mm. I'm like, I just bite my tongue. I cannot with those it's, people. Just there's, there. Oh, you're giving in to liberals. No, you're giving in to respect and dignity for a race of people, yep. and you want to cry about it being a liberal issue. It's not. It's a. Respect. It's a
0: disrespect dignity issue.
2: Yes, and people do not comprehend that whatsoever. But um, like she was saying, the five hundred year committee, they have actually a demonstration, but on opening day, but the two days before that, they also have a
0: workshop. A conference and too. a conference. Could at, you share a little bit about that, the naming of the five hundred? It's, it's just, at a, uh it, well, the five hundred year It's the well, five hundred the, the
2: year the committee of five hundred years of resistance, I
1: Dignity Boom. and resistance. <laughs> it's a mouthful.
2: Yeah, yeah it is. And it, it's, it's
1: essentially, you know, how long we've been resisting yeah. uh, since the, the coming
0: of Columbus. Yeah, I want more detail. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, okay, yeah. But yeah,
1: they have their conference at uh, Baldwin-Wallace uh, two days before their opening day. And, um and they actually one of their um, keynote speakers is Charlene Teeters, who led the um, the movement against uh, Chief Illiniwek at University of Illinois. Um, so she's kind of like the the, the big name in um, this whole mascot movement. And so she will be there, which is really exciting. Yes, that is um, very exciting. And I think they're also talking a little bit about the environment, the No DAPL movement yes, as right. well. Um, so, uh, again, uh, I guess we can always, you know, share that information with anyone sure. who's interested. Uh, the registration's actually going on right now. Okay. So if anyone's interested in going it's at and Walls, to... Baldwin correct? Yes. yeah. On yes.
0: the date again is? Uh, um, it's two April days
1: 9th
2: and 10th, day? I want to say. I'm not... It was there. I'm... I'm so bad. I didn't
1: come prepared with their dates.
0: I'm sorry. I know. That's all right. But we know it's coming up in April. It's at Lone Wallace, and people can always Mm -hmm. call and get that information. It's the
2: 9th and the 10th, if I'm not mistaken, because she just sent me an information, and I was like, yes, I will be there. Didn't I tell you that?
1: (laughs) And then I guess the last thing that's going on in our community right now um, is the Cultural Garden, which is currently in the planning phase and development phase. Okay. Um, And uh, we're... I, I'm helping spearhead that with a few other members of our community. Uh, we That's call ourselves crazy. the steering committee. There's no like president or anything like yeah. that. We're just a bunch of volunteers doing what we can in our free time. Um, but we're part of the, the Cleveland Cultural Garden Federation. We have a plot uh, just north of the St. Clair Bridge okay. to the east. Um, so if you're looking at Lake Erie, uh, we're on the, the right-hand side. And... Um, we have an amazing landscape designer who's been uh, doing all this work pro bono. That's, um, that's fabulous. Y- yes. Everyone that we've been working with, and it's, it's hard to find someone to, to yes, take on is. this scope of work. <laughs> and it's been about, well, we've had the plot for decades. Yes. Okay. Decades. Um, It's been moved once actually. And thank um, you. I knew it. It has been moved. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's, it's changed hands a few times uh, in terms of the leadership of who was uh, um, kind of trying to get it built. And it's kind of a, a, double-pronged issue right because we are a predominantly low-income community and we have a lot of needs cultural needs um education needs we have a lot of things um you know socioeconomic issues we need to battle and when you're looking at someone who said hi i want to raise money to build a garden right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. they kind of look at you a little cross-eyed um but we've learned over the last few years that you know having this uh meeting place for our community is very important. And it's actually been used uh, as a prayer meeting in area for the um, no DAPL movement by several members of our community. Um, so having that uh, place to gather is very important. And we're actually returning the plot to mother earth <laughs> yes. using native yeah. Ohio plants were um, oh, sustainable practices. Uh, we're trying to work with the earth instead of against it. We're not building a cultural garden patio. We want it to be right. like a place where you can go meditate, pray, um, just hang out, um, gather with your your friends so we're really excited about that um it's still again in the the development and planning phase um and fundraising phase Mm (laughs) so uh we're we're, as a community we're really excited for that and so we have all these kind of arms of our community right for such a small community but we do come together we kind of have like a little coalition meetings every you know couple months yeah and kind of piggyback on each other and see where the needs are who has the talent to do what um and it's it's been really effective over yes, the last few very, years. Very much um, so. And We're
2: all all the community instead of all the different great. organizations mm-hmm. instead of working against each other, are, are working together, together and together. supporting each and other. And that's right. that's
1: how we got this grant. Yeah. And and, can, and CAC. That's we finally awesome. said, Hey, um, you know, we all sat down and I was like, You guys, I have I have grant writing skills. Like, I can do this. I'm not formally on the executive board of LENAC, but I do work with the garden. And I said, hey, like, I can volunteer my time and get these grants for you. And you guys, Kamarlist has the cultural knowledge. Kathy is like Pinterest queen. And like, (laughs) (laughs) like,
2: Kathy is the brains. And she is just very
1: organized, runs a great program. And so it's just putting all that together. And and even in a community that is small as ours, you know, when you bring resources and assets together and really work together, like, we are we're mighty. Yes, absolutely
0: powerful. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yes. it took us a long time to finally get everybody on the same page because a lot of different groups have different agendas and it's like there's no need for us to compete against each other. Right. We need to work together, right. support same same each same. other. Right. We're the, all the same people. Right. Let's band together and become more powerful and get our voices heard right. and it's get be, ourselves get seen. Exactly, because we have just really dropped out, I mean, of everybody's radar, basically. I went to the Ohio Arts Council grant writing workshop a couple weeks ago, and they have a whole list of artists that you can call on and have them come in. And I said, where's your Native artists? Well, we don't have any. I said, well, why not? We didn't know. I said, well, here's my card. Call (laughs) me. I will get things rolling for you, I said, but I don't want to see this anymore. I said, we are underrepresented, Under." everything, we need to be back out there again. Well,
0: that's positive community engagement. Yeah. Taking action and getting things done. That's well, what la- we do. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies, well, we've said a whole lot. Well, for this final question, what do you see for the future of your organization? You've given a lot of things that you guys are going to be doing. Do yeah. You, do you have a even bigger, bigger, grander plan? Oh, man.
2: We kind of has a five-year goal. Okay. And our our thing, our biggest uh, loftiest goal is to get a new uh, a, a building, a space. Okay. We do not have a space. That's something that bricks and mortars. We need the bricks and mortar, and um, that's something we're really you know trying to figure out. We're racking our brains on how to fund this. Well, like maybe there's said, someone
0: out here in the community, okay, <laughs> in kind of facility to you. Yeah, and that's <laughs> you know? what we are hoping,
2: even for just an office. And people space. who know me know that the I'm phone the line queen of, of in Yeah, a phone line, a mailbox, <laughs> yeah. and a desk, and a chair. Yeah, we will be more than happy to start with that and work our way up. But like, poor Kathy has every. Type of supply, known to man, stored in her garage. <laughs> <laughs> and we have to haul all these things to where we do our programming. Yeah. So we're hauling totes of beads and totes of leather Soying and sewing machines. Showing machines <laughs> and just, you know, and the church that we have, it's a United Church of Christ, I believe, on mm-hmm. West 99th yeah. and Denison. They are great. They have actually offered that's wonderful to uh, help us acquire space within their facility it would be of course a hand in hand thing because their facility is in dire need of all kinds of repair and everything but i mean it would be a base of operations and that's what our long term goal is is to have a base of operations again everything in one place where people can come again we don't have that with the Indian Center being gone, that's that was that was the heartbeat of our community. Yeah. Yes, that was the, the central, bridge too
1: to the rest of the the, the city and the other communities right. in the city too. And
2: that was once that building was lost, that's when our community just kind of went their separate ways. Yeah. And that was the really really upsetting thing
1: for me. I think my big um, goal for this organization and our community in general. So my daughters are. Um, Almost four and, and two and a half and um, watching them dance mm-hmm. and get excited about yeah. it. Uh, that was something because, you know, again, I grew up in Detroit, actually, and I um, I did a little dancing as a little girl and we always went to pow up in northern Michigan. But. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never got to actually dance. I never actually had full regalia. I had a shawl, but I never had full regalia. And I just remember yearning for it and wanting it so yeah. bad. My mom had six kids. She couldn't, she did not have time for that. Yeah. So <laughs> I get it. Like, I don't, I don't blame anyone. But yeah. um, I, I made her regalia, both yeah. my daughter's regalia this year. That's and I wonderful. just am really looking forward. And, and again, thanks to this project and, and Neighborhood Connections to see my daughters hear the drum mm-hmm. and immediately start the dance steps. Yeah. At, at four, yeah, and um, it's a beautiful thing to see It's I can't tell you, you how great that is. A chance to is. live a little bit
0: vicariously a through little, your children. know yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. She could dance if she wanted to. <laughs> yeah, so. I could, I could. <laughs>
1: um, so, so in the end, I think um, just really seeing our youth um, have that connection uh, to their culture, despite being in an urban area, um, and being proud of their their heritage, of their nation, um, and and sharing that with everyone, not being right. afraid to share. Their culture with everyone else, and so I think that's my my big goal for the community is just you know just everyone knows we're here, we're strong, we're mighty, and have our youth grow up in that supportive um, that supportive community and city.
0: Well, how can people contact you and get involved? Facebook okay. <laughs> is it's always is. the easiest. Okay. Yeah, okay. So we do
1: have a Facebook page. Um, yes, I know because I've gone
0: to your Facebook page yeah. several times. So we have several <laughs> different Facebook right. pages. So again, we have
1: we have several different arms of the community. But the one where it's kind of like uh,
2: clearinghouse, yeah, clearinghouse
1: kind of. is a. It's on Facebook. It's a, a page. It's called Native Americans in Cleveland. Okay. If you just search that on Facebook, it'll pull it right up. Um, so like that page, and um, we post a lot of our events up there. Um, we answer questions. We're really quick at responding to messages, direct messages. Uh, but that is honestly the best way to both get in contact to us um, if you have a random question and aren't sure who to contact somebody will get back to you and point you in the right direction
2: Right. Um, right. there's okay. several people
1: leading a number of different things in our community so we'll make sure you talk to the right person
2: yes wow. if you want a speaker we can get you a speaker it depends that on what yes. you're you know, exactly looking for if you like I said you want to engage the dance troupe we'll get them to you we will you know we do work together and try and get everybody served through that particular Facebook page. We have yeah. the Native Americans in Cleveland. We have the Lake Erie Native American Council. They also have a Facebook page. And then there's the Native American Cultural's Activities page. Okay. But the thing is—, is <laughs> There's the, a lot of ways yeah. to connect. Yes, definitely. A lot of ways to get involved. Definitely.
0: That's wonderful. Well, I've enjoyed talking to you ladies today, for real. Yeah. And I I was telling people about this interview, so I've had people who are excited to hear this interview. Well, good. Good. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
2: It's it, this is the first time I think we've had any kind of coverage of any kind for I couldn't yeah, even really you. glad you can sit down with me. <laughs> and it's a positive. I really,
0: really am because this is the, this is this was the idea for this show. As I shared with you, ladies, before we started recording, you know, I was a grant maker for three years, and and I said, hey, you guys have got a ready made audience, yeah, of you know, people that you've given money to that need to be heard and need to mm-hmm. be seen and people who need to know who they are. So it has been my honor, and my pleasure, ladies. Thank to you speak so thank much for so having us. You. Appreciate Quite welcome. it. <laughs> well I want to thank my guests today, Miss Cynthia Connolly and Miss Marlis Rambo, for being on our show today. I want to thank our audience for visiting with us today. Please join us next time as we continue our conversation with Cleveland residents who are making positive contributions to their neighborhood and our city. And you're invited to join us the first Thursday of each month. For network night located at 1919 east 107th street from 6 to 8 pm parking is free and dinner is included that's a quite a bargain come and network with residents who are making positive contributions to our community if you have a great idea and want to do something positive for your neighborhood contact neighborhood connections at 216-361-0042 or send us an email at www.neighborhoodgrants.org and like us on facebook get informed Get involved, Neighbor Up. I'm Carol Malone, your host. Thank you for joining me today on Neighbor Up Spotlight. Neighbor Up Spotlight is sponsored by Neighborhood Connections and the Cleveland Foundation in association with Bad Racket Recording Studios. Executive producer, creator, writer, host, Carol Malone, co-producer, Lila Mills, engineer, co-producer, Henry Rapp, Neighbor Up Cleveland.